on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You can stay small, you can survive on job to job, and it's not a problem if you want to do that. But if you really want to get into the seriousness of getting bigger money, bigger jobs, you can't do it alone. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I got Travis Kelso on the King stage today. My brother, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm always welcoming other bearded fellas. Absolutely. So you, you get a pass just because you got a great beard, man. Perfect. <laughs> Travis, Perfect. tell us what kind of business that you got, man. I own Freedom Construction. We're a general contracting company. I do everything top to bottom, in and out. There you go. And the cool part, crazy part is I've got family in and out of the Nebraska area including Lincoln. And I just had another guy on a podcast who's from Lincoln. And then you pop up, you're from Lincoln too. Is everybody from Lincoln? <laughs> yeah. All the entrepreneurs in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't have anything else to do, right? It's either right. that or, or the cornfield or here right. in Missouri, it's the cow pasture. Yep. We so we figure we start businesses and, instead. <laughs> yep. Hunt fish, build businesses. <laughs> That's right. The fishing part, I still have to kind of like really press into. Although... I gathering the Kings mastermind, there was nine of the folks that are in the group. <clears throat> we all met in June. So two months ago, went deep sea fishing. We freaking caught a nine foot hammerhead shark. And I'm telling you what, that sucker's going on the wall. There's like four of the nine that were like, put it on the wall, put it on the wall. That's awesome. so I guess that fishing piece is coming to fruition, but cause I do a lot of hunting and I do a lot of business. So we're already talking the same language, Travis. I like it. There you go. Perfect. I want to know, my brother, why at this level are you still pushing? You've obviously built a successful business. You've obviously done some things right, but there's more to be had. And I want to know what's pushing you, what's driving you. I think every day the drive is really my family, my ministry through the business. I don't utilize business just to become rich and wealthy. Yeah. I could tell people all the time, you could go out and do one project as a single guy and you could probably make enough money to last for the week. That's not why we're business owners. I think business ownership takes a higher level when it comes to utilizing it for ministry, utilizing it to help provide for other families. And it takes a certain level of leadership to be able to say, hey, I'm less, they are more. Wow. The same way with Christ, John 3.30, he must become more, I must become less. It's the same thing we have to do in our business. A lot of entrepreneurs that I know even, they're the same way. They say, hey, some of my guys make more than me. And that's okay because they're, they're, they're the reason I'm around. Yeah. I guess I keep pushing for my family, for Christ, and for my employees to make sure that I don't let anybody down. Yeah, man. I, <clears throat> you just shared so much and some deep stuff too. Is this an epiphany that you had? Is this been a journey that you've been on since childhood? Like how, what you just talked about, we could probably talk about just that. 
right the entire show but i want to know like how did you get to that point? actually when i got out of the marine corps i didn't know what i wanted to do so i just applied for everywhere i just got on the internet and was just like i'm applying for everything yeah verizon picked me up verizon wireless i worked for that company for almost 12 years covid came around i was running the store as the general manager and there's like hey we're gonna make cuts which i was kind of used to because a lot of times they would make cuts in the first quarter last quarter just how business worked sure and my boss was like, it's actually you this time. And I was like, what? I was like, you're joking. This is a joke. And he said, no, unfortunately, it's not a joke. And so my world just kind of collapsed. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And so I called my wife, of course, and called my best friend, Danny. And he said, start a business. And I was like, what are, what are you talking about? Start a business. I was like, I can't just start a business. And I've remodeled my whole house and I've remodeled multiple okay. people's places, done projects. I just like to work with my hands. Sure. I was like, dude, you have all the tools to start a business. And I was like, that's easy for you to say. You're single. At that time, he was, had a girlfriend, didn't have kids right. or anything. And I was like, that's easy for you to say. I got three kids waiting on me that are, you know, yeah. hoping that I'm providing and my wife and house, mortgage, all this stuff going on. And I was like, I can't just start a business, man. And he's like, yeah, just do it. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll do it. It didn't sound like you needed a whole lot of convincing. <laughs> I guess I was like, I guess if all else fails, I'll, I'm only letting myself down. And then Verizon was gracious enough to provide me with a lot of skill sets for leadership. Fantastic company to, to train you. To They paid for my college. I have my bachelor's in business. So wow. they set me up very well when it came to letting me go. I had my severance package and everything. Yeah, Bryce really put me in a very, very good spot to say, Hey, let's give it a shot. A lot of entrepreneurs have to go out and have no money. And they say, Hey, let's give it a shot. I was fortunate enough to have that severance package to say, Hey, if anything fails, I got this good severance package that I can fall back on if I need to. Yeah. yeah. First client, it was a bathroom. I didn't know how to do bidding and anybody that's in construction will probably laugh when they hear the price that I gave them. I said, Hey, I'll remodel the whole bathroom, $2,000. Yeah. I was like, you buy the material, I'll remodel the whole thing, $2,000. Yeah. And of course he's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is great, too, too great. About a fourth of the cost. <laughs> yeah. And so I spent multiple days there just doing that, ripping floors out, toilets, this, that, and the other, just basically putting this bathroom back together. And out of that 2000, I went to the bank and I started a bank account for my business. Cause I was like, I just got to do this exactly like Verizon did with me. I got to pay myself a paycheck and that's how I have to live. And then eventually I'll be able to pay myself more, this, that, and the other. And I did that. And I've never fallen back on my severance package to pay for my company. That $2,000 was my first $2,000 I ever made. And I just took off from there and said, I'm just going to keep working. And just a snowball effect. I still look back at it now and I'm like, I don't understand how this is still going. I think a lot of business owners, they don't understand how it's going. They know what they're doing. But there's but not really powers that are higher than us. And it's for me, it's Christ. There's Proverbs and Proverbs that talks about don't lean on your own understanding. Yeah. And a lot of times I don't understand. I don't understand how this is going. I don't understand how I'm still doing it now that I got crews going. And I'm like, I don't know how I went from this $2,000 bathroom to this. Yeah. So that's basically how it happened is I got let go of Verizon. I had a choice to make. Yeah. Put up or shut up. And that's really what I had to do. And here we are, you're shutting up a lot of, uh, I'm sure, haters that uh, may or may not have surfaced around you, but you're obviously, uh, you're crushing it. So I want to know, in in that first little bit of time, you talked about the first bathroom, that moment to the first million, I want to know what was the biggest struggle of 
whether it was hiring, firing, bidding, like you said, like what was just the thing that kept you up night after night? Wow, there's so many things that kept me up night after night now, especially when you take on somebody like an employee. Yeah. But really it was night after night. I think it was just the stress of, I have to keep going. I have to keep doing this. I have to keep doing that. And it's a good stress. That's a good thing that to have. You want to have something that motivates you. But I think the thing that would keep me up is what's next. I didn't understand what was next. Okay, I got this job. Now what's next? I got this job. Now what's next? And in the construction world, it's a fun thing to have because you might be booked out for six months. What's past six months? What's past a year? Or if you get caught up and you're booked out for three months, now am I going to have my shop? Am I going to have my guys after three months? So it's like you roll the dice every day. Let's hope it keeps going, but that's it. And I think that's why I have so much faith in Christ is because I can't explain how people call me and they go with my bids. As things go more and more, my bids go more and more as I take on more overhead, as I take on more guys. I look back at it now and I'm like, why wasn't I charging as much as a single guy? People are saying yes now. Why wasn't I charging this much? And you just scale up. And uh, I think the thing that got me there, the most important thing that got me there was uh, networking. That's by far the most important thing you can do if you want to grow a business is network. Yeah. I definitely want to dive into that for sure, because that's a huge part of even what we're doing right now. Right. And so there's a reality there. I want to just for a half second, because there's a lot of business owners listening right now who maybe are just at the six figure stage. still. they haven't been able to scale up as you said, and they're working it, but they're just, they got a pinch point they're trying to figure out. And so what I heard you just say was that the persistence or the almost like constant flood of just keeping the calendar full or the pipeline full it's as simple as that. You're talking about three months out, six months out. And it's like, man, is it going to go beyond that? Obviously the ways that you go beyond that are, you know, you do your marketing, you do your sales, you continue to do bids. Like these are the things that we know, but I think the mindset that you gave there is it's real. It's honest, man, we're three months booked out, but then what after that? And I think every entrepreneur, whether it's three days, three weeks or three months, they go, what, what's going to happen after that? When, and then that, that fear, but I think it's like a good fear drives us into action of, okay, here we go. We got to keep the pipeline full. And from a faith perspective, I think that is what faith is. James talks about it, right? It's what good is your faith if you have no action? And so you can believe that things are going to just come together, but inside of the belief, there has to be action. And so that's what I heard you say is that, yeah, maybe you can't explain every last little detail, but that unknown of three months out, six months out, whatever, it's driven you to action to, to keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to utilize that to keep going. And you do have to have faith. Whether you're religious or not, you have to have faith. And you got to remember, you're the only one that's going to keep it going. Christ will give you that power to keep going. He'll give you the calls, stuff like that. But if you're not putting into action what you're trying to make happen, it's not going to work. And I think the biggest fear that everybody has and the reason they don't become entrepreneurs is because of the unknown. Yeah, 100%. They're comfortable working that nine to five. What if I go out and start my own business? What happens? Yeah. So it's in your story, right? Like you, if you hadn't have been forced out the door, would you still be Mm -hmm. at Verizon? Do you think? Absolutely. I would not have started a company, but it's crazy how things happen in life and you freak out and you're like, oh God, what am I going to do? And then he brings this blessing onto you and you're like, oh, okay, why didn't I start this earlier? This would have been so much bigger if I wouldn't have wasted. 12 years over there, but I can't say anything bad about them. I was so grateful for what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just be honest. Like you already said, you've gotten training. You obviously got a formal education. There's lots of benefit that I'm sure that then 
quote unquote, launching your first business that you were ahead in some certain skill sets, leadership, sales, I'm sure some of those things that enabled you relationship building, networking, we're going to get to that here in a little bit, but some of those things you wouldn't have known if you hadn't have worked for Verizon. Correct. Absolutely. hundred percent. A lot of skills that were learned there. So yeah. even marketing, I mean, <clears throat> talk about branding and my wife, she came up with a name. So my wife's like, name it freedom. And I was like, okay, what's the name of freedom? So we named it freedom construction and I had an idea of my logo and what I wanted and how I wanted it to look, but I didn't have the exact thing. And my buddy, Kenny, who works on graphic designing, I gave him my ideas and he came up with this logo. The three stars actually stand for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Love that. That's what I have to keep in mind. So, you know, it's yeah. right there in the forefront of my business logo. If I don't keep those in the forefront of this business, it's going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So good. Okay. I want to know a good decision that you made somewhere in the journey of building. It's only been a couple of years. So you've had a lot of success in a short amount of time. What was a good decision that you made that's helped you do that? Hiring people. <laughs> I was going to okay. stay small. I heard a podcast not too, I think it was yesterday from this podcast that a gentleman talked about staying small or getting bigger. Yeah. And that's true. You can stay small. You can survive on job to job. And it's not a problem if you want to do that. But if you really want to get into the seriousness of getting better, bigger money, bigger jobs, you can't do it alone. You can only do so much alone. So I think the best decision I made was stop killing my body nonstop, hire guys that can do it and utilize my intelligence to grow a company. A lot of business owners, you don't see them on the job sites. They're the ones that are behind the scenes. They're not on the job site swinging that hammer. Right. They're making the business go the other way. But I still like to jump on the job site because it takes me away from that office area. Yeah. I don't be on that job site every once in a while. Just I need to swing that hammer and block yeah. everything out. Yeah. No, I think that you're right. Obviously, it's the what we say in Gathering the Kings, it's the separation between warrior king, right? And you're still in that, maybe you're in king stage, but you got a little bit of warrior stuff left in you. It hasn't been too long since your last battle. Um, but the reality of it is like what you're saying is that the mindset is different. When you start realizing that in order to really achieve what you're trying to get after, you've got to be able to leverage time and your day is only full of so many hours. And <clears throat> to be able to use that within the confines of the same hours, to be able to leverage time through teams and leadership, like you've already talked about, to be able to be able to reach what you're trying to get to at a bigger scale, a faster scale, whatever the goal is, it has to be leveraging time through, through other people. Correct. Delegation with a purpose is what I always say. You have to delegate yeah. and do it with a purpose. Don't just delegate because you want to be lazy. Delegate to develop, delegate to move forward, something like that. Don't delegate and go fish. I mean, can, but you're probably yeah. not going to grow as fast. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously there's moments in time where fishing is what you do in that moment to whether it's thinking time or your hobby or whatever, but you're right. There's a lot of business owners, especially in today's culture, especially young guys. They're like, I'll build up a team and then I'm out. I'm retired. Have somebody else do it for me. I'll make money in my sleep. It's it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm on the journey in multiple industries to have passive income. I want to build wealth, right? I want multiple hoses filling up my pool. But when you have people inside the business, when you have people as clients, people as your team, then what you're talking about, it matters because if you delegate without purpose, or if you don't remember the three stars of really why you're doing this thing, then people become expendable. They become numbers, yep. both clients and your team. And then just whoo, downhill fast. Yep. Absolutely. Not okay. growing is the worst thing you can do. I think growing every day, whether it be emotional growth, business growth, anything, knowledge you can do to grow. 
right. is what's going to make you different. 100%. And I think the people who are interested in growing always find a way. And that looks different across the way. I'll get to that here in a little bit. I want to know how you've been doing that, but you're 100% right. We don't stop. And it doesn't have to be just this constant grind for the next dollar. It's I'm trying to meet the next version of me. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, if we flip the coin, Travis, tell me about a bad choice that you made. There's been a few projects that I severely underbid, thankfully. Including your $2,000 bathroom? No, that was a jump start. I, I forgive myself for that one. That one's kind of a yeah. mulligan in the construction business. That's like my mulligan bid. But I'd say there's every bad decision I've made, especially like bids, has come a lesson. So I would tell anybody in just any decision that you think is a bad decision is a lesson. The only way to become a better business owner is to fail and to fail fast. Because right. the more you fail, the more success you're going to find. That doesn't mean go out and underbid a bunch of jobs just to see how many you can fail at. That's not what I'm trying to get at is exactly. what I'm saying is that when I underbid a job and we're there longer and it's costing me money and things like that, it teaches me like, Hey, you know what? That was a bad decision. You underbid it severely. The next time the deck comes up or the next time we got to put an addition on a house or the next build that we have to do, I know that we need to probably put in a little bit of leeway in case something happens. So I'd say like with bad decisions, let them be lessons, but a more specific bad decision that I've made, loving the business too much. Okay. What do you mean? I would say that would probably be the biggest decision or thing that I've learned over these past few years is you can't overlove the business and not your family. So you, as entrepreneurs, the business never stops. And I tell people this, I run in Verizon Wireless, you're in charge of a lot of money. You are, but the thing is, it's not yours. So if you miss an AirPod or you miss an iPhone or something like that, you don't lose sleep at night at all. It's just, dang, that's, that sucks. We miss that. But in right. business, you can consume yourself with it. You can consume yeah. yourself with success and you'll try to grow too fast. And then you forget about your family and you miss those little things. You miss the kids playing softball or baseball or football or whatever your right. kids do. My daughter's a gymnast and my other daughter, right. she's huge into her friends, but she's also huge into youth group. And she brings 13 kids to youth group. That's her ministry. That's how she does it. So yeah. it's important that I stay there for her. My son, he's five. Every moment matters with him, whether it's Nerf guns or he loves to fish with me or he goes hunting with me. Those little things matter. And I think the worst decision you can make is loving your business too much. It's important to separate that. And I tell my guys that all the time. It's just in my business, it's God, family, business. I don't ever want them to put my business before their family. If I find out one of my guys are missing softball games because they stayed late to finish a project, I'm probably going to get more upset with them than if they just didn't finish the project. If they said, hey, I had to go because... And that doesn't mean they can just leave whenever they want. Of course, give me a heads up, but don't sacrifice your family time for my company. My company is going to go or not. It's going to go whether you're here or not. So I think it's so important that you put your family first and you put God first and then put the business there. Yeah, that's good perspective. Have you, Was there a moment in time that gave you this realization to like reorder things or has it always been the order for you? My wife and I, we've been together while well, we met in elementary school. We dated in elementary school and then broke up during middle school time. And then in high school, I was working at IHOP before I went in the Marine Corps. And she came in and must have liked the pancakes I made or something <laughs> for 15 years. She always tells people. Darn good pancakes. Yeah, that's what she tells people stayed because it makes good pancakes. So, um, 
But I think once I felt that we started to drift, and this is 100% real, is that we started to drift. We started to be so consumed with getting the kids here, getting the kids there, my business, her business, because she runs a clinic, an animal care clinic. We felt it. We felt ourselves starting to drift. So now we set aside two nights every month and we go on a date, not with the kids, just me and her. We go on a date with the kids. We do family movie night to where we just watch a movie. It's hard to get a teenager to want to watch a movie, but uh, we do. With with you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With me. So we we do little things like that. I think the realization came when I started feeling my wife and I drift apart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that happens in business. And I say, if, if it came between my business and my family, that business, this business is gone. I have no problem going to work at Burger King if it comes to that. Not saying it's bad to work at Burger King. So anybody that works there, it's not that. It's just, I would have no problem going to work somewhere to save my family. So 100%. Yeah. I love the perspective. Love the heart. What discipline or thought process or process, Jen, do you go through or do you take a decision through now that you have this good and bad, this is what I've done. I've had this successful business. How do you process decisions nowadays? Decisions I usually weigh on between pros and cons. I usually make a pros and cons list, which is very helpful. But then I ask my wife, because if any man that's listening to this is married, they know that the wife always says, see, I told you I was right. So it makes it easier if I just let her make that decision with me. Um, Not saying every decision she's made is hundred percent right. And once she listens to this, she might feel me, but But I do weigh it with her. And then I call business partners, people that are further ahead than me. I I heard once, if you want to soar with eagles, you can't hang out with chickens. Yeah, that's so true. It's important to me to keep the guys that are above me, that are doing bigger things than me as mentors. I don't have one business coach. I have many. I call everybody. I make it, I make relationships with them. And I also make it important for me, not just to call them when I need something. I call them just to say, hi, it takes Five minutes. If you want to make a relationship with somebody, call them, make an emotional deposit. And you just want to call and see how you're doing. That's right. That's it. Um, And then they're more apt to give you advice when it comes time to saying, hey, should I purchase this Bobcat or should I move this business this way? Should I hire another crew? Should I do this? Those guys are more apt to saying, hey, wait a minute. I did that before. I wish I would have done it this way. Maybe you should do this. Yeah. And then it's just, I can take a leap of faith based off of what I'm hearing. Yeah. Good. Detailed, simple, so good. I want to come at you in a couple of different angles here with some new or with some speed round questions, different types of questions. I want to know if you take your construction business and you dwindle it down into one trackable metric, all you get to pick is one that you track forever and ever. What would it be? Ooh, that's tough. I guess just growth. Okay. And I'm How not are you saying, tracking that. I'm not saying money growth. Sure. I'm saying growth both in my employee development but growth in my development, my employee development and my growth in relationships, my growth in my customers, growth in money. Yes. But I think money is not the center of my business because if I grow my employees and I grow my customer base, money's going to come the faster. They get the more customers I get, the more money I'm going to make. But I'd say growth is the biggest thing is you got to step back and just look at that. But that'd probably be the metric that I would track. Yeah. So what book would you recommend Travis for a six figure business owner? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I read so many books. Part of my thing that I used to do at Verizon is I would teach leadership courses. Love it. Yeah. Maybe so, I mean, leadership. So many, anything with Simon Sinek. I mean, he's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Starts with why is probably the best one you can make. Yeah. Leaders eat last. That's a good one. I, like I think one. I, there's so many that I would probably recommend, but I love the starts with why that golden circle. Cause that really helps you understand not only the decisions you make 
but also the decisions a customer has to make. Because when you're asking a customer to spend $60,000 on a deck, right? you really have to be able to be with them on that decision. I'm not a salesman. I'll tell customers all day, hey, whether you want to do this with me or not, here's the proper way to do it. Here's what it's going to cost. And I have no problem if I have to hire somebody in. All I do is 15%. I don't go above that. And I have written customers' checks back to them because I've made more than 15%. So I have no problem doing that. But I would say when you start, when it starts with why, it, it makes them really understand you and them kind of partner on making that decision. Yeah. But that's a fantastic book. But anything with Simon Sinek is... Yeah, it's a good ask. So well, we'll drop both of those in the show notes. I think both of those are great options for sure. We've talked about you networking or masterminding with some of your friends or business owners. My question normally is, do you intentionally do this? Obviously you do. So my question for you is, what would you say to the listener right now who maybe hasn't ever, or they don't have people in their close sphere that they can go to as a mentor or just as a person to talk business? What would you say the value of either networking or masterminding would be for that person? Well, if they don't have anybody, call me. I don't care if you, you can Google my company, shoot me a text. I have no problem. I love developing people. That's what I did as a manager. The greatest success I feel is when I see other people succeed. And this one thing I'm going to change the game of construction is that people say, well, don't go with that contractor because you know he's this, that, and the other. So they try to make themselves look better. I'm exactly opposite. If you do something better than me, then fine. So I'd say the importance of networking is the highest level that you can get just because that's where you're going to make the biggest impact of your business. And a lot of times when you make those relationships and you make those things happen, those referrals come from them. Some people will say, Hey, I made a really strong relationship with a local business, Dex City, Dex Unlimited. I consistently get referrals from Dex City and Dex Unlimited. I know the owner, we do Bible study together every Wednesday, but if you haven't ever reached out, yeah, I don't understand what you're waiting for. If you don't want to grow, that's fine. But if you want to grow and you can't figure out your next step, reach out and ask somebody that's bigger than you. Yeah. Uh, and I have no problem going to the biggest builder in Lincoln if I need to. I'll figure out a way to set an appointment with them. I'm extrovert when it comes to my personality. Usually get along with anybody. I don't like confrontation. So if you call me and you try to argue with me, I'll probably just be like, okay, let's talk about it. So I'm not big on uh, making enemies. I want to make everybody my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't reached out, I would say just take a leap of faith. Walk into a business and say, hey, who's the owner here? If it's a business like what you want to be, ask right. who the owner is and then just ask him for a minute to sit down yeah. and don't expect to get every answer because you're not. A lot of answers that we have come with experience and to give somebody an answer would be the worst thing you probably do. We can give you guidance, but exactly how you do it is not exactly how I would do it. Yeah. I'm sure the way you've built your businesses is not the way I would have built them, but everybody's journey is different. So it's imperative that uh, you do high level questions and ask them and, yep. you know, stay with that relationship, reach out to yeah. them. I love it. It's like I prompted you to say all that. You're just like talking my language, bro. I love it. <laughs> love, love it. Okay. I got one more question. Okay. Travis, if you lost it all, what would you do? Go work at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you would if you had to, we know that, but what Absolutely. would you, what would you do? If I was to lose everything in my business, first I would try to analyze what I did wrong. Cause usually you don't just lose it that fast. And hopefully I'd be smart enough to catch it before I lost it all. But if every employee quit and everybody stopped, I would have to start over and just start over, whether it be with the same business rebranding or think of a way to start another business. 
But in the meantime, I would do what it takes to get through. I have enough education. I feel like I have enough skill sets. If I have to go swing a hammer on somebody else's job site for a little while, then I'll do it. Yeah. I have enough relationships with business owners that I could say, hey, all my guys quit. They'd probably be really worried. Why didn't they all quit on you? But I'm sure I have enough friends and business owners that uh, I'd find a way to make it happen. But again, that's one of the biggest fears every business owner has. So we face that fear every day. Yeah. Never been asked that question, never really planned out what I would do. And it might change once that comes, but, or if that ever came, it might change. But right. for now, I'd just say I would survive one way or another, put the trust in the Lord and figure it out. That's right. That's right. What, what a moment to exercise faith in a greater purpose. I love what you said, analyze and take action, get back to it. Yeah. How can the listener find you, Travis? How can they reach out? You already said they could call you or reach out. How can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So first thing, my cell phone number is the one on Google. It's not the company number. It's my cell phone number. I have no problem. Any listener that's listening to this obviously wants to grow. They want to improve or they want to listen to other people's experiences that they can adapt to. So if you Google Freedom Construction in Lincoln, Nebraska, you'll see it. You can write me. You can call me. You can look at our Facebook, whatever avenue you need to help with growth. Let me know. Now, I know you have a lot of listeners. So if all of them ask me at once please understand that be able to get to all of you at once but i will absolutely do my best to make it work i hope a bunch of people take you up on it what i have found is that usually only the right ones do usually the ones that will eventually make themselves a guest on this show are the ones that are going to reach out guys like you and i that are looking always for an advantage and so I just so appreciate you, the mindset that you've brought to leadership and of course your story, your faith, like how it's all wrapped up into one. Yeah, it's been incredible here today. So we wish you nothing but blessing, your family, of course, your business. And since you're in Lincoln, I'm coming through. We're grabbing lunch for sure. No doubt about it. Hey, let's do it. And then we'll go fishing so I can help you out with that. Exactly. I got the hunting thing down. We're good. I got some elk on the wall, some deer, turkey. We're good to go. But I do need some fish. That's for sure. Perfect. I'm your man. Let's do it. I appreciate you being here. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.